this uh, particular Sunday, well, this month, we've been talking about the wheels of financial blessing. And this last Sunday, which is today, we're going to be talking about um, faith. And I would love for us to put our hands together in a minute for Pastor Shekinah. She's going to come up and preach an incredible word. Pastor Shekinah is an absolute powerhouse. I One thing that is drilled in my mind about Pastor Shekinah is she is such a powerful prayer. Um, she is such a woman of faith. I am really, really excited to hear what she's going to say. So would you please stand to your feet, put your hands together and welcome up Pastor Shekinah. Awesome. Thank you, Tyler. Oh. Can we actually give it up to Tyler? This is actually her first meeting lead tonight. And didn't she do an amazing job? You crushed it, Tyler. That was amazing. And thank you, band. That was awesome. You may go. Thank you to our youth band. And you guys may be seated. How are we going tonight, church? Good. Oh, that's good. Who's loving this series at the moment? I know I'm loving this series. It's been such a great series. But first, I just want to take a moment to honor our amazing senior pastors, Pastor John and Pastor Dan. They're not here tonight, but I still want to take an, a moment to honor them. Our pastors are one of the most faith-filled, anointed pastors. They are the most genuine pastors. They believe in us. They encourage us. They love on us. And I know, especially for me, they always encouraging me, always cheering me on, always believing on me in every journey that I'm on. So I just want to thank our amazing pastors. We love our pastors. We are blessed to have the best. And like I said, this series has been amazing. You know, Josh and I have applied every principle in our life. We are tithers. We give into the house of God. We are generous. We save. We budget. And we give into vision builders. We we apply these principles and they work. When Josh and I got married almost nine years ago, who can believe nine years? Wow, <laughs> that makes me feel old. We both had a dream to own our own home one day. It wasn't until 2019 we actually decided to set this dream as a goal. First, it was a very scary goal to set because we were only on one income at the time. And it felt like it was very out of reach. It felt more like it was a fantasy, a nice idea to own a home one day. But we set the goal and we went to work. The first thing I did was I took it to prayer. It was a scary goal and I wasn't really feeling the faith to go after it. So I needed God to give me a word, a promise, something to let me know that it wasn't silly, that it was okay to go. Um, I needed a word to activate my faith. I wasn't feeling much faith at the time. Who knows? God answers prayers. He gave me a promise in that, moment, in that moment. Genesis 13 verse 17. Go walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. You know, the first time I spoke those words out, for I am giving it to you, I felt silly, felt crazy. Like, can God really give this, like, a house to us? Like, could he really do this? But, you know, I took it to prayer. I spoke those words over our dream. You will give it to us. I felt faith grow in the inside. I felt this promise of owning a home come to life in my heart, that this promise didn't seem so out of reach, that it was possible. After a month of setting this goal, we felt we were ready to take the next step and talk to lenders, which led to more frustration with yes and no answers, with being pre-approved to losing pre-approval, to being told we have to save more money, which hurt, sucked at the time, but we had a promise from God and we continued to pray for our home. During that year, 
Uh, Josh and I qualified for Home Builders Grant, which put us in a really good position to move forward. But it still wasn't enough. We still were hitting roadblocks. So we continued to pray and believe and press into God. The second thing we did, we didn't give up. We continued to go after the promise of God. God opened doors with us with a new lender. Within three days of talking to this new lender, we had pre-approval. God also gave us favor with our builders. They gave us 10 grand discount on our build. Our solicitor waived his two grand fee and we had eight grand of income given to us over six months that we didn't expect. We got approved for government scheme that would exempt us from home buyer's insurance, which we were told we wouldn't get, most likely wouldn't get it. This also saved us 13 grand. Like I said, God gave us a promise. Go walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. About seven months ago, we moved into a beautiful new home that God blessed us with, a home that exceeded our expectations. Our home is one of many faith journeys that we've had to go on, one of the many blessings that He has given us. It is a reminder of His goodness. I believe there are people here today that God has spoken a word, that God has given you a promise. There's something in your heart, and I encourage you guys, do not give up. Continue praying, continue believing, keep going to faith, because your word will come through. God will release that promise right now. So I just want us to pray, everyone. Let's just close our eyes. Yes, Lord God, we just thank you that you are a faithful God right now. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that there's dreams and there's promises, Lord. And we just pray right now, Lord God, that you will open those doors, that you will release those promises, Lord God, that we will see breakthrough, that we will see our prayers answered, Lord God, that our faith will be activated. We just thank you right now in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Thank you, Tyler. Come on. Why don't you guys put your hands together for Pastor Shekinah? Thank you so much. That was incredible. See you, what I mean, such a woman of faith. I loved that. I had been able to, whilst Pastor Josh and Shekinah were on the journey of building their home and buying a home, um, just watching them is such, you know, encouragement of faith-filled people. Um, and Pastor Shekinah shared that with us so, so powerfully. One more time, would you please put your hands together for her? Feel so blessed by that. Come on. Well, on to our next preacher. I'm very excited for this one. This particular woman, she is incredible. I constantly feel encouraged by her. She is such a joyful human. She's a mother of three children. She's a wife. She runs an incredible business with her husband. She runs an incredible team here at church. One more time, would you please lift, stand to your feet and put your hands together for Marina Carada. Woo! Jamon, how's everyone going? Hey, Tyler wasn't lying about Shekinah, how she's so powerful when it comes to prayer. You know, follow her around on a Sunday and she will impart wisdom and prayer and encouragement over you. So do that. I encourage you to do that. So go ahead, sit down, relax. Spirit of faith, huh? So as it was said, my name is Marina. And as it was said, I am a mother of three kids under the age of six. So my lifestyle with them is buck wild, like crazy. Um, (laughs) But you know what I love? um, What I love about this church is that it's filled with beautiful families who love and pray for my children, our children, because 
my husband's here. <laughs> um, and one of those beautiful people is Pastor Teresa. Pastor Teresa, I just really wanted to honor you. Your passion to encourage many, including myself, is so recognized. I crave for your encouragement every Sunday. That's why I follow you around every Sunday. Um, and I always walk away feeling unstoppable. So thank you for believing me. So everyone give your hand together for Pastor Teresa. <clears throat> Let me tell you a romantic story. Once upon a time, there was an island princess, that's me, who met a German warrior, that's my husband in the um, front, and they fell in love and they got married in 2012 with a lot of debt, like $60,000 kind of debt. Not the, you know, happily ever after kind of story that, you know, people tell you about, which is wild. Um, couple of newlyweds, keen to start life, leave the childhood nest. Who would have thought that being a grown-up is challenging, liberating, and somewhat expensive? Like, no one warns me about that. I was quite frustrated when I wrote that, so I had to slam. So, um... I thought, okay, this is my new norm in my life. Living in debt is my lifestyle now. Believe, uh, being stressed over money is my daily routine. Borrowing money off my friends and family and not knowing if I'm able to repay them. Or, <laughs> or my all-time cringe moment in front of a large line of people trying to pay for my groceries and dun -dun, the card declines. <laughs> I had to put the groceries back, and that was the point for me. Wow, stop. <laughs> I started to feel depleted and was lacking to see joy in all areas of my life. In that same season, I became an intern here in C3 Powerhouse, and the guest speaker, Pastor Mike Connell, came and preached and called me out of the crowd, and he said, God can see you, and he can see you praying in your living room. <laughs> I thought, if he can see me, then why am I still feeling like this? The scripture that God gave me was Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. Seek. You know the meaning seek in the dictionary means to attempt to find? What is it to attempt to find? Um, back then, I was wanting to find freedom from debt and from oppression because of the debt, right? So how come it couldn't just fall onto my lap? I mean, we were drowning in debt, and we were stuck because the bills kept rising. It was... Um, I was getting pretty tired of having cans of beans in my menu. <laughs> I tell my kids, if you don't come to me and ask for help, I can't, I can't help you. I say to them, just come and find me. And that's exactly what God was asking of me. Marina, just come and find me, and I will guide you through this, he said. To find God, I had to put practical things in place, and I went to prayer, just like what Shekinah was saying. Early morning prayer was a non-negotiable for us. I was seeking him and by journaling and doing my daily devotions and um, writing in my journal. I already said journal, didn't I? Um, 
Seeking him meant letting God all in 100% into my marriage, into my relationships, and into my finances. That following week after Mike Connell uh, prophesied over me, I then realized that I needed to shift and activate my faith, exactly what Shekinah was saying, for God to start moving in my finances. So I made an appointment with God in my living room. I spoke to God and I said, I'm seeking you first over all things and I am refusing to move without you, God. I finally started to connect my heart to my words and I finally started to visualize God moving in my world of finances. It was incredible. In the middle of, in, in the, in the middle of prayer in my living room, my husband calls me and he goes with the sound of relief and he made this uh, just, guess what? We've just made our very first large sale in such a long time in our business. And that was, that was just such an aha moment. Weeks later, another sale. Months later, another sale. And a few short years later, which I actually didn't think it was actually possible, everything was paid off. Done. Come on, everyone give God a hand. How amazing. So guys, whether if you're in your living room, whether if in your car, God is asking for you to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God is our kingdom, guys. I truly believe through his promise, all things shall be added unto you in Jesus' name. Amazing. Can we all just thank Marina one more time for that incredible, incredible word. What a powerful testimony of seeing God's faithfulness. I just love that um, in those moments of surrender where we just say, okay, God, I'm here. He just goes, yeah, come find me. I've got you. I've got this. And that's a beautiful story. I know that's, that's a fraction of your guys' incredible testimony. So thank you, Marina. Once again, let's just another round of applause for Marina. So, so good. Well, I'm not exactly sure why I got permission to do this, but I get to introduce the next speaker. And how many minutes do I have to do that? Two. Twenty. Two. Okay. Two two minutes. I got this. So I get to introduce um, uh, my husband, who is an incredible preacher, an incredible teacher, and I have the absolute honor to lead our youth ministry along with Isaac, and I get to watch as his wife just lead a group of young people all the time. Um, I've watched us, we've helped plant a church before, watched him say yes and grow to, to preaching, to worship leading at any given moment he's switched on, but he um, seeks God and you can hear it in his voice. You can, um, the anointing's on him because he um, seeks the Lord and it, um, everything he does is an overflow of that. So I will leave it at that. But would everybody please give it up for my amazing husband. Stand to your seat. All right then. I guess I've got to live up to that expectation, don't I? Welcome everyone. Thank you, babe. Love you. I am the more blessed out of the two of us. And because I've got the mic, I have the final say. Amen. Guys, grab a seat. So thankful that you are here. Um, And yes, as my beautiful wife said, my name is Isaac. And if we haven't met, glad you're here. Believe God's going to speak to you if you would lean in. Um, I'm excited 
to talk about faith tonight, but before I do, I get to honor someone. I don't think I've honored this person yet as my leader. He's a very, very dear friend of mine, and that is my worship director, Nick Hickman. <laughs> I, uh, I've, um, I've been hanging out with Nick with a, in a multitude of hats for quite some years, but seeing him rise up to the occasion and take on uh, the best worship team in the entire world um, and, lead it, and lead it with diligence, lead it with integrity, lead it with a massive heart for every single person on it, it is an honor to serve under your leadership. Church, would you thank Nick for his leadership? Love you, broski. Now, talking about faith, talking about a spirit of faith, I love all things faith because really faith is essential to our, our lives, our lives as Christians, as followers of Jesus. It's, uh, it's the foundation of really of what it is to be, to be a disciple of Christ. And if we're going to preserve to the end, persevere to the end, rather, as followers of Jesus, preserve to the end, what a word, um, we need faith. In every area of our lives, if we're gonna if we're gonna live this thing out to the very end, we need to do it by faith in every area of our lives, and finances is no exception. And uh, when it comes to faith, I love reading about Abraham. Abraham, if you are familiar in Scripture, is referred to as the father of the faith. And in Romans, Romans has something to say about faith, and specifically about Abraham. It says in Romans verse four, uh, sorry, chapter four, verse eighteen to twenty-one, it says, "Against all hope." Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. I love this next part. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old. <laughs> Fair. And, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. We're going to unpack what it is to have faith for your finances from this scripture. And because I like alliteration in English, to help us remember my points, they've got Fs in them, just all Fs. <laughs> all Fs, faith for finances. If you want faith for finances, my first point is this. You need faith that faces the facts but fails to falter, fails to falter, faces the fact, but fails to falter. Think about Abraham for a second. If you know the story of Abraham in Genesis, this brother was 75 years old when God promised him not just a son, but to be a father of nations. 75 years old. And it wasn't like God was like, oh, I'm going to give you that son in the year. Um, 25 years, he was waiting for the son of promise to come to pass. Tried in his own strength, gave birth to a son, but it wasn't God's plan, so he, didn't, he wasn't the one that would inherit the, the blessing. So until he was 100, you would imagine, understandably, that uh, he had some reasons to not ignore the facts. The guy's 100. God, I'm 100. I don't have the physical means to, to give birth to this kid. To give birth to this kid. Understandably. You can't ignore the facts when they're like, when you're physically very much aware of them. But the thing is, as followers of Jesus, sometimes we have this perception of faith, like we've got to ignore the facts, <laughs> like we've got to pretend like they're not there. In the context of our finances, sometimes we paint this really distorted perception of faith, like I'm not struggling in my finances, I'm rich. I got a mansion, I got a Lamborghini. When you're driving a Corolla, 
Bless. Been there. I, my first car, Ford Festiva. Bless the Lord. And I'm still here. <laughs> but, but the reality is that we all go through challenging seasons. As disciples, doesn't promise a, a life full of butterflies and rainbows. In fact, it promises the opposite. Same in our finances. They're not exception from that. And so the, the reality is we've got to acknowledge that. And it's actually not a lack of faith to acknowledge when we're in a season of trials. The trap, however, is when we allow the facts of our current circumstances to determine the level of our faith and allow the enemy to attach lies, doubt, fear, and anxiety to them. I want to encourage us tonight that you can actually face the facts of your current circumstances without faltering in your faith, just as Abraham did. Because as Christians, you may not be aware of this, but we actually process things from two realities. Reality in the natural, on earth, and a heavenly reality, a supernatural reality, a spiritual reality. And in that place is where the kingdom of God exists. It's where the blessings of God exist. It's where the limitless resources of heaven are available to God's children. We live in the supernatural and the natural. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. As believers, we profess that there is a reality on earth which has struggles, but there's also a heavenly reality. In that heavenly reality, that's where we find the promises of God. That's where we find His blessings. And so we wrestle these two things in tension all the time as, as Christians. The fact in the natural might be for someone in the room that I'm struggling to get ahead of my finances. But in the heavenly reality, the fact in the supernatural is God faithfully supplies our every need. He blesses us in exceeding measures as we trust Him and seek first His kingdom. And these aren't just mantras. These aren't just like popular sayings that you see on Instagram. These are heavenly realities that we can trust as fact by faith. But it's our responsibility to place our faith in that reality. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13 says this, Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. and Be strong. That's our responsibility. That's not God's. And so for me, a bit of a funny story. Uh, I was, for some of you may know that I was just in a season recently of being unemployed and living off uh, one income through my beautiful wife who was working exceptionally hard. And um, a couple weeks back, I was doing a job for some cash uh, from, uh, for our, our beloved pastors, uh, Josh and Shekinah over there. And our car was experiencing some central locking issues that I hadn't quite figured out yet. Um, long story short, I locked my keys in the car. Um, on, top, on top of that, the spare was in that car. Um, on top of that, we didn't have RACQ, so right there in the moment, in a place that was really unideal, I had to buy a year membership to RACQ right there, right there on the spot. Now, f for some of us in the room, that's not a big expense, but when you're living off one income and you've got bills to pay, um, it, it catches you off guard and the pressure starts to build. And I'm not going to lie, there was anxiety there for a moment. And there was some lies from the enemy like, you're a fool, and you're never going to get ahead if you keep making stupid decisions like this. But here's the thing, I, uh, I actually had to face the fact that I had made a mistake, well, it was an accident, I didn't willingly lock my keys in the car, but I had to pay for it. I couldn't ignore that fact, otherwise we'd have no car, and I'd have a really pissed off Pastor Josh because my car was parked in his driveway blocking his garage, which would not be ideal. I couldn't ignore the fact and leave the car there, I had to deal with it. So instead of, instead of, instead of being overcome by the anxiety, I shook that off, went to faith, 
trusted God, that he worked together for good. And we actually saw supernatural provision. Those costs got covered by some really generous friends of ours who'd heard from God and blessed us financially. And that was from me not being overcome, not believing the lies of the enemy, but just trusting God, facing the facts and moving forward. That's what it is to have faith for your finances. They, we face the facts, but we fail to falter. And we do that, my second point, by focusing on the Father. Focusing on the Father. I want to, uh, I want to read verse 20 to 21 of uh, Romans 4 again. It says, Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Abraham had faith in the midst of a, a, quite a hopeless circumstance. That, uh, that it would come to pass because he wasn't focused on the magnitude of his circumstance. He was focused on the bigness, the faithfulness, the goodness of God. So how do we do that as believers? Through prayer. It's, the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. But whoever believes in him and would draw near to him must believe that he is God and he rewards those who diligently seek him. So if we have that in our posture with prayer, we, when we shift our focus, that's where we become aware of the bigness of God. We do that in prayer. And then secondly, we do that in the word. Romans 10 verse 17 says this, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. When we remind ourselves of the promises of God, that he's spoken to us, when we remind ourselves of who God says he is in his word, it stirs up faith on the inside. And we have, to do, we have to continually remind ourselves about that, hey, because we often forget. Uh, I've, I've heard this uh, terminology coined within Christendom. It's called uh, Christian amnesia. We forget about the goodness of God like daily as soon as something gets challenging. Anyway, and it's our, it's our responsibility to meditate on the Word of God, the Bible says, to mutter it, to continually speak it out loud. Because you can't have faith for what you haven't heard. If you don't know what God said to you about your circumstance, about who He is, about who He says you are, you can't have faith for that to happen in your life. So we focus on the Father through prayer, the Word of God, and lastly, by praise. Love praising the name of Jesus. Because when we lift up the name of Jesus with praise, when we declare His goodness, when we declare the power of His name, when we lift Him up, we place Him in the right point of focus, where He's meant to be. Where He's meant to be. And when we look at our trouble through that filter, through the bigness of God, through His faithfulness, through His goodness, everything else fades away. And because I like alliteration and, and Fs, I've coined it like this. Are you ready? You're definitely, you're definitely not going to remember it, but here we go. When we filter our frustrations through the focus of the Father and His faithfulness, those frustrations fade away. <laughs> so good. You know what? I did that just for me. I'm not, even if that's not anointed, Lord, thank you that, you've, that I, I'm playing Wordle right now. That's what's, that's what's happening. This is an overflow of Wordle. Anyway, and so for me, this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like. When I feel like my faith is being tested or, or if I'm feeling flat, my first port of call is to get into the presence of God. First port of call when my faith is feeling tested, yep, I get straight into the presence of God. And uh, particularly if I'm trying to stir my faith, throw on my headphones, get into my office, and I've got a handful of songs that are particularly, that, that magnify the goodness of God, that declare the truth of who He is, that are particularly faith-building, and I begin to build myself up in my most holy faith by praying in tongues and praising the name of Jesus. And I remind myself in that place of the promises in His Word, who He says He is. And so as, as, I'm, as I'm praying, I'm going, God, You are the name above all names. You're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You're seated on high. Nothing is impossible for You. You never forsake those who seek You. You're able to supply all of my needs according to 
your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so that stirs up faith. That stirs up faith as I meditate on those things and I'm, and I'm surrounding myself with the atmosphere of praise. And then from that place, from that place is where I begin to bring my struggles and my circumstances. It's from the focus point of the victory of Christ, the faithfulness of God, His goodness, His love towards me, and His desire to bless me as I delight in Him. And from that place, I, I'm fu- I end up being full of faith as the heaviness and the anxiety and the stress of the day and the circumstances that I'm facing, it all fades away. And I can trust God in the middle of a testing season. And so the question that arises from all of this is, and this is something for us all to reflect on, what are we declaring over our lives? Over our finances? The bigness of God or the bigness of our circumstance? Because whatever we magnify, whatever we focus our attention on grows bigger and what everything else fades away and becomes minuscule. So when we focus on our circumstance, God becomes small. We, don't, we, we forget how big He is in His faithfulness and His goodness and His ability to work miracles. But if we magnify Him, everything else fades away. I actually want to take a moment right now as the band comes up. I actually want to pray for some people in the room who may feel like they're flat in their faith. Using Fs again, that wasn't actually intentional. Um, who are feeling possibly like the circumstance or the mountain that is in front of them is actually, they just don't have the faith to see it, to see it move. Maybe you've actually faced a circumstance for an extended period of time and you're feeling particularly just discouraged. And I've got to tell you that the faith that you need to believe in God, Ephesians says, is a gift from God. You don't have to manufacture it. You don't have to psych yourself up to receive it. You simply need to ask. And so just in this moment, I just want to pray for those people. So let's just all close our eyes for a moment. I just want to pray. And if you actually, if you're in this room and you're like, Isaac, I just need a fresh touch of God tonight. I just need a fresh, a fresh infilling of that faith to trust God in the middle of my season. Could you just raise your hand? I just want to pray for you. I see those hands up the back to my left in the middle. That's awesome. Over to my right. God's so faithful. I just believe, can I just declare in the name of Jesus that the thing that you're battling is going to come to pass. You're going to see victory as God fights for you. Holy Spirit, Spirit of faith, presence of God, we just release your presence in this moment, Lord, for every person who is feeling dry in their spirit, discouraged, fearful, anxious about the circumstance that they're in. Lord, I release in the name of Jesus a fresh touch of faith. Lord, may they be stirred up, may they be encouraged, may they be reminded of your bigness and your goodness and your faithfulness toward them. You are with them and you are for them. And if you are for them, not one thing can be against them. Lord, where there is anxiety, let there be peace. Where there is lies, let there be truth the truth of who you are. Help us to trust you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.